Hey there, I am Anna Michelle Gomo and you are welcome to the podcast. This is a safe space where I get to talk about God and how we can build our relationship with Him. On each episode, we'll be diving below the surface of the Bible to encounter God and grow. Currently, we are on a 365-day Bible challenge and it has been fantastic so far. And so I invite you to join us today because God has a word for you, but it is up to you to listen. So please stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today is day 116 of our Bible in Year challenge, and you are welcome once again. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be continuing on our journey, taking readings from the book of First Samuel and also praying along with the Psalms. So today's readings is a continuation of yesterday, and I think it's still along the same path as what we discussed about yesterday. And we have to keep in mind that while David is this um, promised new king that's going to do better than King Saul, we also have to recognize that David is also human, meaning he has some weaknesses, meaning there are some times that he wants to do right, but he sees himself doing wrong. And we see that. We see a glimpse of that. We're going to be seeing a lot of that moving on in this journey. But today we see we, we catch that glimpse. And what is it about? So you have this guy, Nabal, rich, wealthy, full of himself, selfish, greedy, who has so many ships, so many properties. And then you have his wife as well, Abigail, who is beautiful and kind of has a an opposite character than her husband. She is wise. She is um, kind. And she she is pretty much the main character of today's reading. So you have David's men protecting the shepherds of Nebal when they go out to take their ships to feed. And then in return, David asks, okay, so my guys have been protecting your guys, your shepherds. I mean, we're not asking for much, but in kindness, can you give us some food? Like, just help us sustain ourselves. You know, you, you, you recall that David is still hiding. David is still running for his life. So they're probably out of food. And then he asks this rich guy, you know what? It won't cost you anything. Just spare us something. And then Nabal says this thing. And he's, he doesn't just refuse, but he outrightly insults David and his men. He says, who is this David from God knows where, from nobody knows where? And David takes that to heart. And then in the heat of that anger, in the heat of the hunger as well, in the heat of the frustration, David swears that, by the end of the day, by the next morning, Nabal and every single male in his household is going to be dead. And then you have David coming with his men and Abigail, Nabal's wife, does something very outstanding. She, um, she gets news from one of her servants who explains the whole scenario to her that, okay, so not only have David's men protected us and helped us while we were out with the ships, but they have been good to us. One thing to um, take note is that followers always tend to follow the lead of their leaders. I mean, that's why it's called leader and follower. So it's not like um, a necessity that all followers are going to be like their leaders, but there, there's always that high probability, that high tendency for followers to do things that they see their leader doing. And so you have this report of the servant telling Abigail that David's men have been good to us. 
And which makes sense because David is a good leader. He is a leader that is passionate. He is a leader that um, feels the pain of his people, of his followers. He's a leader that takes God's opinions highly and values the name of God. And so you see that in his followers, in his men. So that's one thing we can take note that as Christians, we have our leader being God and to be considered as his followers. We don't just have to put the name or the label Christian on all of our clothes or wear the cross or the crucifix. What shows that we are true followers of God, our leader, is if we follow in his footsteps, right? And we have to ask God that or pray or request or seek or plead with God that he should help us and mold us in his character. So no matter how hard it gets, we would always choose to follow in his footsteps because at the end of the day, that is the break point. That is what really determines if we are Christians or not. And so moving on in our story, you have Abigail immediately. She has this report. She gathers up food and she's on her way and she meets David and his men at the middle. So just imagine this in your head. You have this beautiful woman, probably confused and sad and knowing that David, the David that killed Goliath is coming with his men to kill your husband and to kill the entire family. So she's probably scared. And she's coming with this food, with donkeys, with food loaded on them. And she meets David and his soldiers in the middle. Know that David and his soldiers were probably angry. They were very angry because they were coming with a mission to kill Nebal and his entire family. But something that David said, after Abigail comes and pleads with him and falls down and begs him, David said, um, I think he said something along the lines of being grateful that God had sent her to prevent him from committing blood guilt. Because at the end of the day, David killing Nabal and his family wouldn't have been morally justified because he was doing that as a way of revenge. And so this kind of um, is connected to what we talked about yesterday, that sometimes, all of the time, we have to realize and we have to accept our limitations, that we do not exact revenge. Revenge is of the Lord. And even at the end of the story, we see that God, um, after David um, decides not to take back revenge anymore, we see that God exacts revenge for himself because Nabal is struck dead. You have Nabal who refused to give the soldiers, this hungry soldier's food. He sets up this whole feast as a king and eats and dines and drinks and gets drunk. And then he's struck dead. And that is how he died. And so we see that God is powerful enough to exact revenge on our behalf. So we do not need to sin further by taking matters into our own hands and by committing sin. Because by doing that, we are unconsciously admitting to the fact that God is not in total control or we do not trust God enough to hand him our problems. Anyways, this is tied, like I said before, to what I said yesterday that God is in control. God is the God of vengeance, and we have to rely on him to avenge for us. Meaning that if someone offends us, if someone hurts us, if you feel like things are getting out of control with some people and you need to put them in their place, I mean, in essence, it's not about putting people in their place. I mean, it, 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 it makes sense to not let toxicity into your life. Like if there's somebody that you feel is dragging you down on your journey, with God, I mean, it makes sense that you want to, you know, keep them far off. But what I'm talking about is holding grudges, retaining hurt that somebody has done to you, and refusing to let go, refusing to forgive, and even brewing up a way to even all odds by revenging. 
that is one of the easiest way that the devil uses to take our heart away from God because love cannot exist where there is hatred. Love cannot exist where there is revenge. Love cannot exist where there is grudge. And so when we accommodate these things into our hearts, we are also pushing out love from our hearts. And we know that God is love. So it means that when we decide to retain offenses, when we decide to not forgive, we are pushing God out of our hearts. And so we have to be very careful um, not to make this mistake. And we also have to pray, you know, just like Abigail prevented David from committing this huge sin and atrocity. There are some people that God has placed in our lives to prevent us from doing the same. You know, we all have weaknesses as well. And in as much as we are to pray to God to help us remove or to help us control our weaknesses, God has also placed some people in your life to make sure that you do not make these mistakes. I don't know if this has happened to you, but it has happened to me so many times when I feel like, okay, now, now this person has offended me. This person needs to hear it. I am marching straight to them, telling them to their face what they need to hear and I'm putting them in their place the wrong way obviously and then I have like probably a friend that was with me at the time it happened and she's just you know what Michelle don't do it you're above it they don't you don't need to do that you don't need to insult them you don't need to take back your pound of flesh you just need to calm down and think it through and then I calm down I think things through and I'm like okay so I, I probably don't need to do it I'm just going to let it go and so God has placed some people in our lives it can be your family it can be your close friends and that is why it's really important you know to surround yourself with people that are potentially on the same walk on the same Christian journey as you because these people are people that God would use to help you when you fall short. I mean, that's the whole essence of the Christian community as a church, that in as much as our relationship with God is personal, but it is in private, we need one another. And so when we see our brothers and sisters falling behind, we can pick them up. And when we are falling behind, others can pick us up. And that is the beauty of it all. And I hope that by listening to this message, you let go of whatever grudges and offenses that has been done to you because you cannot praise God, you cannot pray to God, you cannot worship God, you cannot serve God while you're holding grudges, while you're holding offenses against someone else. And so take it to the Holy Spirit. If you feel like you're having a hard time, you know, um, offenses, there are different levels of offenses. You know, they're probably, okay, someone stepped on your shoe or, okay, maybe you're driving and someone hits your car, but then you're talking about like huge offenses like, um, having to go through molestation as a kid or having um, a cheating and lying partner. You know, they're just different levels of offenses. And I do not want to water down anybody's um, hurt because I do understand that some hurts just kind of live with you through life. But I'm just here to tell you that you do not have to live with that hurt anymore because God has set you free and Jesus has set you free. So now it's your turn to set yourself free. Anyways, thank you guys for listening this far. It has been such a journey. We have so much more to unload and uncover, and I cannot wait to do that with you guys. Please do not forget to tune in tomorrow, same time, same place. And before you do, do not forget to share, leave a review, and subscribe if you haven't. And I'll see you guys in the next episode, same time, same place. Have an amazing day.